Amazing Grace has a history of serving and being the hands and the feet of Jesus through missions and also through mission trips. By the way, I'd like to just put a little plug in there, but we are in the process right now of finalizing two uh, mission trips for the coming year. One uh, in November to Costa Rica uh, to partner uh, with uh, both uh, Habitat and Thrivent and build a home. We did this a number of years ago in Guatemala. Uh, and then we are also working at returning to Haiti. And you might think, wait a minute, didn't I read about or hear about uh, Haiti in the news? Uh, but we'll pray that the Lord will again tend to those things and bring blessings that are unexpected through what's going on there right now. But we are a congregation that has that kind of commitment. We don't want to just stand back and pray, Lord, you know, go and reach the nations. We want to be truly vessels of the Lord who extend and share and, and profess that hope and that life that we know. To want to share these blessings that God desires to give to all of his children. Blessings for this life and blessings for the life that is to come. You know, one of the reasons that I value such uh, mission trips is what I learn. Now, yes, I and those who go along uh, with us on these mission trips, we serve the people there by bringing the gospel, by, you know, tangible things, whether building homes, building a church, whether doing vacation Bible school, whether evangelism, whatever it is that the Lord happens to engage us in. Yes, we are there indeed to serve as his hands and his feet. One of the uh, things that we end up often deriving is what we ourselves learn. I love uh, going to a new country or even a place I've been before, and in the process I begin to learn more and discover more about the values, uh, the you know, practices and customs of that country or the people of that country where we are. And I have found myself a number of times, both in mission trip travels as well as our own personal travels, and I'm somewhere and I say, now why don't we do that back in America? Or maybe we should do that in our family. Well, recently I learned of a, a custom in Brazil that I think is so powerful. That each morning as the children are preparing to go to school and head out for the day, the children, for the last thing they do is they go to the door near where the father is and they look at, up at the father and they say two words. Blessing, Father. Did you notice the question mark in the way that was said? It is with that that the father places his hand upon the child and says, Bless you, my son. Bless you, my daughter. And then sends them out into the day with that blessing of the Lord and of he, the father of that household for the day that is launched before them. 
Wouldn't that be so incredible to start each day with the blessing of the Father? Well, when I say that again, I think almost immediately of that in two ways. I'm struck in regard to how we interact and we bless each other in our households or in our you know, sphere of influence and friendship. In our household, you know, it seems we all are going at different times. Martha leaves at 6, I'm leaving you know, often about 7, uh, Elizabeth's leaving about 6.30, and we're sometimes barely, if at all, seeing each other as the morning progresses. But when we do, it's generally, have a blessed day, I love you. But the one that has the most consistency in our house is how we end the day. Really, how Martha ends the day. She will go into the girls' room or wherever they happen to be at 10, 11 o'clock when she's heading to bed, and she will go in and she'll give them a blessing. But it's not just that simple little blessing. It's Jesus loves you. God loves you. I love you. Elizabeth loves you. Dad loves you. But most of all, the Father in heaven loves you. Sometimes, depending on how tired she is, she might make a cross. Sometimes it looks kind of like she's doing a magical wand over them. But at 23 and 18, they both are happy to receive that blessing. So I think about how we interact with each other and remind each other of the presence of God in our lives and in our household. But then there's another way that as I listened to this, and I remembered this story that I shared of this family in Brazil, I'm struck by how we are daily given the opportunity to pause before our Heavenly Father and look to Him as if to say, Blessings, Father? I don't know what form that may currently take in your life, or if it's not something that you have somehow developed and put into your routine, per se, I'd like to encourage you to. Whether it's truly, you know, just remembering your baptism, as some of you have, you know, maybe practiced, as you've heard that I still practice in the shower when the water runs over my head. Remember that blessing marked then? Whether it is... Um, you know, going to his word and letting him speak to you and fill you. Whether it's time in prayer and meditation and listening. Whether it's devotional and those words are somehow written on your heart and engraved for you to carry in your life going forward. What a powerful practice, no matter how hectic, how nerve-wracking, how overwhelming the day that is ahead may be, or exciting, to begin it with the Father's blessing. In truth, you and I have every day the assurance of our God's, our Father's blessing and love. It, it began truly when we were baptized and we were marked, we were christened, with the cross of Christ as the sign of one redeemed by Christ the crucified. 
And that is not meant to be a one-time event that for most of us, we can't remember the actual event. But it is an event that continues to indwell within us, fill us, and bless us. Or how about the practice that we have here in worship where most regularly we end the service with the tradition or practice of the Aaronic blessing that God instituted through the Levites, the priests, for Aaron first to lay that blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, the Lord give you his peace. Indeed, we have a God who loves to bless his people. For as it says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. You are blessed. I am blessed. In fact, sometimes we need to hear it. To say to the person next to you, you are blessed. Come on. Now, there's, I know there's lots of space in this service. Next service, they'll have to do it. But now look to the person at the other end of the aisle or a pew and say over to them, you are blessed. You are blessed. And I like even the sign of the cross. Just to remind one another of who and whose we are. And if we are children of the God Most High, the God of heaven and earth, the one who created all, the one who provides all, it doesn't matter what's going on in life. We are blessed. We as a people are blessed in literally countless ways. Maybe it's why too often that's the area of our prayer life that seems to get the least attention. Matter of fact, today in the class that I'm doing before Amen in our class on prayer, that's the theme. Thank you. But I can tell you even from my own life, so often I'm so busy laying before him my sins. I'm so busy listing before him my petitions and my needs and others' needs. I barely leave any time to get to thank you. But oh, how we are blessed in countless ways. As a people, with freedoms we enjoy. A land where we can know and we can worship the Lord as we are led by the Holy Spirit and God's word. A land that has security. A land with incredible resources, sciences, knowledge, and technology. A land with a strong economy and wealth that seemingly impacts every one in one way or another in our society. Yes, we are blessed. But how often do you think of the unexpected blessings? Because let's be honest, what we have become used to, what is a common place in our lives, a, a place to live, a clothes to wear, plenty of food to eat, you know, sense of security, and, and, and we're, you know, sometimes not even distraught anymore when another shooting shows up, like in Aurora the other day, because it didn't really affect me. 
how often do we slow down to consider the unexpected blessings? These come in different forms. A few that I'm thinking of in my own personal life as I share this with you this morning, a loved one who in their death leaves you a message of incredible love, of thanks for something you did or you represented before them, a loved one who conveys to you, even after their death, how proud they are of you, a co-worker, a a fellow volunteer who extends to you an unexpected accolade, a word of, of praise or affirmation of something that you're doing, a financial need you had no idea how to meet is met, a new friend who really gets you and understands you. How about... Um, then there are the other kind of unexpected blessings. You know, the sickness, the brokenness, the pain, the failure, the broken dream or relationship. On the surface, I sense that most of us miss seeing such things as blessings. Well, two things for us to note. Number one, folks, they're a reality. The Lord even reminds us that living in this sin-tainted world, we will experience that. And because we are his followers, we will experience that. But indeed, we need to acknowledge you and I live in a sin-tainted world, and you and I are a sinful people, and so these things will come our way. Just consider what is probably the second most uh, known scripture in all of the Bible from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Talk about blessings, right? But listen as it goes on. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I think we sometimes read right past that and we just continue to celebrate that we are his flock and his people and how he loves and provides for us. Today's Gospel of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, also confirms this reality that these circumstances can be seen as unexpected blessings. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the hungry, Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are you when people hate you and exclude you and reject you. How about it? Sorry, but not one of these sound like a blessing to me. I like to eat. I miss those who have died. I like being accepted. I like being liked. Jesus here is pointing us to the bigger picture, God's grander plan. Jesus said, rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. 
in heaven. See, this isn't all there is. This world is only a temporary assignment. We are aliens here, as the Apostle Paul says. Yes, heaven is our home. And so Jesus points us to the fact that we can rejoice and leap for joy even in the midst of these unexpected blessings that we'd rather do without. For great is your reward in heaven. That, my friends, is where our focus should be as children of our Father. Not on the blessings of this world where they distract us from what is most valuable. So let's address the danger of the blessings that we are so surrounded with. Dependency. That's the danger. That we become overly dependent upon these earthly blessings that we have been so surrounded with. Consider this story. There was a group of men who did a mission trip to Haiti. While they were there, they met this 19-year-old young man, the boy it seemed to them with their age, but they were incredibly impressed with this young man and his faith. So much so that when they left, they invited him to come and visit and be their guest in the United States. The young man took them up on that offer. And upon his arrival in this new world, incredible things opened up before him. He had never slept between two sheets. He had never had three meals all in one day. He'd never eaten at McDonald's. He'd never used indoor plumbing. Back in Haiti, he lived in a mud hut. While traveling in the United States, this godly young man made many new friends, and at the end of his six weeks, the, the sponsors had a, a farewell dinner in his honor. And after the dinner... Many men offered words of honor through cracked voices over what they had received as a blessing watching this young man. And then they asked him if he wanted to say something. He stood up and said, I would. And then this is what he said. I want to thank you so much for inviting me here. I've really enjoyed this time in the United States and learned so much. But I am also very glad to be going home. You have so much in America that I'm beginning to lose my grip on my day-to-day -day dependency on Christ. Ponder those words. I'm beginning to lose my grip on my day-to-day -day dependency on Christ. Have your blessings become 
so great that they have become the focus and a distraction from the greatest blessing, forgiveness, and life eternal with our Father in heaven? When we have so much that we don't need to depend on Christ, the truth is, we will not. Our natural, sinful tendency is to depend on self, on things, and not Christ. So maybe we need to again thank the Lord daily for his blessings. All of them. Including unexpected blessings. Those things and circumstances that lead us to realize our total dependency on him and his ability to meet our every need for today and eternity. My prayer for us as we conclude this meditation are the very words of the prophet Jeremiah from our reading. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. My dear friends, may we celebrate every blessing that we receive in this life including the unexpected blessings, and may we respond by living as those who are planted by the streams of living water in our baptism, in our Lord, in our faith in Christ alone. Amen.